Well, I because I didn't even. Hi guys, I didn't even put up the. <laughs> I didn't even put up the. The I recorded it, but I hadn't put. I haven't put it up yet for Monday. So they're going to get this one and Mondays. That's what they. That's what they get for not being here. So. But okay, so. What do you want to talk about with? Maybe we just spend. 20 minutes or so on each of them and focus on the ratings and I like the farting in the fort even I think it was real I really do I think it was like the best thing he could have done he parted yeah Yeah. so he so so Ford is the only president to never be elected to the vice presidency or to the presidency because he came in he came in Spiro Agnew got in trouble for money laundering and tax evasion Perfect for the vice president of Nixon, and he resigned, and so they picked Ford as kind of you know another one of these. He's a he's a good compromise choice, and everybody likes Ford, and so you should so you should put him in there, type type uh, vice president picks, and so he gets in there. Um, but yeah, never elected. We'll, go, we'll we'll start with the pardon in just a second, but um, maybe just really quickly on the on the background. Um, what'd you guys anything from the anything from the background that stood stood out? His parents divorced from an early age, and he didn't even know his dad. So yeah, so his his uh, his gosh, my brain's not working. Not yet. Yeah, no, his his birth dad, his actual dad, um, not his stepdad was abusive and like I apparently like beat his mother on their wedding night and then it got worse and then he one night showed up in the room with a knife yeah and then so he she split with with um, with him and he took he took his stepdad's name which was Jerry Ford when she got remarried yeah so he's working at, yeah so he's working at a at, at kind of this hamburger place by the high school, flipping burgers, and this guy shows up, and he's like, "Is there a Leslie King here?" And he's like, "I don't know Leslie King." And uh, they're like, "Is there a Jerry Ford?" He's like, "I'm Jerry Ford." He said, "I'm your dad, and I just bought this new Cadillac, and I'm going to, I'm going to the west. I think it was like Montana or something. I'm going to the west with my new wife, and I guess he'd run, you know, done well and run. And he wanted, he wanted Jerry Ford to go with him, and he'd never even met him. He did, in fact, he didn't even know that." That his stepdad wasn't his real dad. Yeah, until that time. Yes. No, so the, so the, the the it's an important story for the background, anyways. But the the point, kind of the story for him, is that he took it really pretty well and in a balanced way, and didn't get super emotional about I mean, it. And that's that's kind of Jerry Ford. Yeah. I feel like it's some random person. Up. Screaming! Don't ever scream. Some who. Not Ford-like. <laughs> <laughs> I think something also important is that he was really um, smart. I don't think he's the one that graduated 16. I think that might be the other one. But he still graduated with honors, and then he went to Michigan on that. Yeah, he was an honor student, football player, Eagle Scout. Declined a pro football um, career because he yeah. wouldn't take him anywhere. And then when he coached Yale, and then went to Yale Law School. That was back when people actually declined pro football scholarships. My grandpa did. Nobody. Oh, did he? Yeah, the Bengals. The money... The money now is too yeah. tempting, right? You're not declining, probably. But back then, he said he said he would still have had to have worked a side job to be able to pay for stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was there was no money in it. Yeah, back in the day, they didn't make they didn't make a lot of money. So he uh, the this is kind of a he got a he got a um, you know he just worked hard and they created a scholarship in his name. Um, he waited tables, gave blood to make money. Just kind of a hard worker. Sounds like a college. Yeah, he, he does sound. He, he's like you know donating plasma. Um, he served in the military. Uh, he went to Yale to coach into law school, and then he was an attorney in Grand Rapids before. And then he served like 25 years in the Congress. What was his reputation in Congress? The good guy, kind of the open tactician. Um, yeah, his his. Really good friend was, um, he was you know he was friends with, with the the other side. It was a time in in the Congress when, when you could, have relationships and break bread with the other side and, 
and those days are kind of long gone. <laughs> Your Republicans and Democrats aren't having dinner together much anymore. Yeah, so he did, you know, they really liked him in the Congress. It said sometimes people sided with him just to give an old pal a break. In 1961, he received the Public Service Award from AFSA, which is the Political Science Association. And just honest, trustworthy, open tactician. He wasn't, it wasn't one of these congressmen that would kind of, kind of go behind your back and do that kind of, kind of thing. No, it said he had no enemies or adversaries. Oh, only adversaries, right? Because he, he believed he didn't want to call the enemies. He said only Oh, adversaries. yes, yes. That was the phrase. Oh, no enemies, only adversaries. Oh, they're just not, they just happen to be on the other yeah. side. Yeah. Okay, um, Dr. Rose, I just have a question about, we'll get to approval later, but I was just really confused because in the chapter it talked about how when he started, he was from 20% of, 24% approval and 60% disapproval. And then it jumped to 3% disapproval to 71% approval. So, like, where are the other percentages? From where? So From what dates? I, I don't think it said dates. It was just in the chapter. It was, like, after he... Uh, so it went down? Because it went down after the pardon. So, but it went... No, this one went up. But the thing is, is, like, it went from... So 60, 60, sorry, 66% disapproval... And then it went to 3% disapproval with 71% approval. So that's, so that's right after, is that right after he's elected or? Yeah, I think so. But that's only 74% total. So what happened to the other? Oh, no, it, that's not how they do it. Oh. Yeah. Um, they're basically just measuring the one side or the other on that, oh. on that category, on those categories. Um, okay, so let's talk about the pardon now. You love the party. Yeah, I think it's the best thing that ever, one of the best things that any president has ever done for our country. So what's the, so this is a presidential courage yeah. moment because he did something for the good of the nation that really hurt him. You know, he's not elected again because of this primarily. And then some economic issues during his presidency hurt him, hurt him a bit too. But what was the, kind of what was the reasoning behind the pardon? Because he wanted to get the... Okay, you want to get Nixon out of the spotlight? He just wanted, he didn't want Nixon to be the focus of the country anymore. He, he said, I want the monkey off my back. Yeah, I want the monkey off my back. He wants Americans just to, like they said, he wants Americans just to be able to put it behind them. Like, it's, it's over. Let's move on as a country. Yeah, the podcast, I think the podcast, um, again, I was re-listening to the podcast again today. Um, the, this one's good because it's his son talking in the podcast. And, and he, he described it this way. He said, I had a conversation with my dad after the presidency, and he, he, he told me that, you know, the, being president is like, you know, being the father of a family. And sometimes you have to do things for the family, that are, that are for the good of the family, and, 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 and be forgiving of one of the children, or, and that's sort of how he described it. This was good, this was good for the nation, to not, be, to not put your president in jail and make the United States look bad. And, and he needed to have his own presidency, and so that was kind of the reasoning behind that part. But, you know, a lot of people thought it was a uh, backroom deal, and it had been negotiated in advance, and... Didn't they say he was hypocritical because he was, like, not giving the people who fled from the Vietnam War and stuff the same kind of... Well, he did. He, he gave him clemency. Well, right after, he later, though. Yeah. So he gave clemency to the draft dodgers, which is a similar, kind of a similar move. And he said, he, it was a little bit of a compromise, because he said, if you come back and do public service, for the time that you were like supposed to go to Vietnam, you know you won't be arrested for for dodging the um, the war. So, yeah. Doesn't that just like set a very dangerous precedent, though? Like, any time a president is actually like removed from office or impeached or whatever, like they can just get pardoned. Like, like I, I don't see like that just undermines all Congress's power. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, what's the point of even? That's the other side of this is. You know, it certainly would have to be another person yeah. pardoning another president, but um, you know, we do have a precedent for it. Um, I think it, I think this one is different, and I think a great like comparison is looking at like Latin America. Those presidents like stole millions of dollars, whereas Nixon was just a paranoid freak. Yeah. You know. You know. So I think by, like I think that there's like the law is breaking the law. Like. But I think there's levels. You know, I mean, if he embezzled 
like millions of American dollars, then I think there's like there's no pardoning. But all what he did was he was just paranoid and wanted to win an election, and so he spied on the other. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah, I mean he he he. These are serious. I think these are serious crimes that Nixon committed, and and you know if he goes to if this thing goes to trial, I, I see him getting ten to twenty years in the in the clank or clanker, right? So. Yeah, and the tax evasion and all the stuff. Um, you know, we threw. How long was Wesley Snipes? And you guys, you know who Wesley Snipes is? The guys in the Blade Runner movies, not Blade Runner, Blade. Blade. Anybody seen oh, Blade? Yeah. That's Wesley Snipes. He went to jail for like three years for tax evasion. He started believing in sovereign citizen ideology. You guys know what sovereign citizen. You, the terrorism yeah. folks know what it is. I'm just a traveler. And he thought he didn't have to. He thought he didn't have to. Yeah, he didn't thought, thought he didn't have to pay his uh, his taxes. So. Yeah, pay your taxes. I once saw someone reference the Articles of Confederation on a video, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. I'm just a traveler, um, a free, a free, a freeborn traveler. I'm going to sign this document and carry on. No license plate. Yeah, with the handmade, the homemade license plate. Yeah. And yeah, those are the sovereign citizens. Okay. They're wild, right? It's yeah. scary. We watched that one video in terrorism where they killed yeah. two officers. Right. So, the one that, and I, I your point's really well taken, because it, it does in some ways set a, dang, a dangerous precedent. I still think Ford did the right thing, but it does set a dangerous precedent. I'm more concerned about presidents pardoning people within their own cabinet or their own staff that are surrogates for doing bad things for them. Um, that's that's an issue of like go do this thing and I'll just pardon you, right? I would like to see you know in terms of kind of cleaning things up a fix kind of there for that's how we like it could be vetoed by like a two thirds vote in Congress. Yeah, some like a, an additional check. Okay, um, I want to spend most of my time on kind of the lessons learned from from Ford, but real quick, what what else in his presidency? He had a, there were some economic problems. There was a there's this term stagflation. So stagflation is when you have um, you have the, the economy is not growing, but you also have inflation. We don't have any econ majors in here, do we? <laughs> you usually usually when you get inflation, you also have a growing economy, right? So this is like the this is like a double whammy. And he had a he set up some programs like whip inflation now that the chapter talked about to try to help this, and he was he was not very successful in dealing with, with that. He declared that we were basically out of Vietnam um, in foreign, foreign affairs. I was going to just ask, like, would you say like, his public communication would be like a plus minus or a minus minus? Oh, we'll get to it. Oh. Yeah, we're going to go to it. Yeah. Um, in just a sec, we'll, we'll talk about it. I, I think it's interesting that he like, had them fight and stuff in front of him, but then yeah. like, even when the media was going after him, like, you would think somebody with that would yeah, we learned. I think we learned from FDR that that's not the ideal way to do it. The arguing in front of um, everybody. Okay, so let's go to public communication. I have him as a minus minus um, from Green. He's a plotting speaker. He resembled Truman. He was verbally accident prone. He actually said, "Your Eastern Europe was not under communist control." Now. I don't know. As someone who speaks in front of people all the time, when you do that, you mess up sometimes. So I'm a little more forgiving. Uh, you see presidents do this sometimes. But like for him, though, he just kept on like pursuing with it. Though, like he didn't yeah. like clarify. Because like even the moderator was like, "Wait, so you're saying that Russia, the Soviet Union, does not have influence over the Eastern Europe?" Yeah, and maybe that's and maybe that's a, a chance to like, and maybe that's a better. That's a better way to do it. When I, I try not to misspeak, and, I, and as a teacher, who's going into teaching? Okay, here's a, here's a tip. It's, it's okay if you don't know. It really is. You don't have to know. Everybody expects teachers to know everything. We don't know everything. We forget stuff, right? I've been teaching about these presidents for years and years, and I forget stuff about them, okay? When you don't know, just say, I don't know, okay? Um, and then the other thing is when you accidentally you missay things and, and you don't mean to, if you remember during the time that you're teaching, correct yourself 
before the, the class period's over. If not, and you remember that you, you did it, correct yourself afterwards, which occasionally I do, I've done over the years, is I'll say something, I'm like, think about it after class, I'm like, hold on, I, did, I misspoke there, I need to correct that. And not send on email, I said, today in class I said this, it actually is this. Um, presidents could do a better job probably when they misspeak of the damage control and the, the, their, their, their press people saying, hey, today the president said this, he knows that, but he just misspoke, right? So it's interesting, but um, okay. Organization capacity is a minus, uh, plus minus. The minus is for initially trying to run his own White House. We learned that's not a good idea before with Kennedy, right? Um, a positive for his economic policy board that he set up, adapting to changing circumstances. Political skill, plus plus. Pragmatist, cultivated support, demonstrated the value of the veto. Vision was a plus plus. Greenstein really likes the pardon. He liked his domestic affairs as conservative market-oriented approach to economics, even though he didn't have a lot of success during his presidency. Cognitive style is a plus plus. Open-minded, thoughtful, intellect. What about vision? But um, vision is a, yeah, vision is a plus plus, I just said. You said, oh, you said cognitive style is So cognitive style is also a plus plus. So can I ask a question about vision? Yes. So I was talking to Dr. Woodland about when we were, I was going over Johnson's and he was like, how is Johnson a minus minus? And like, I was like, well, Greenstein's rating them based off of like consistency in their vision too, correct? Because like Johnson got a minus minus because he, he was a flip floppity Mitt Romney pancake. Well, in Green, and, and, it's, and it's, he's not even rating it. He's just, he's just writing a paragraph about his vision. Okay. What we, what, if you really want to know, I mean, we could do it later is we could go, because we do, um, they, they poll academics on presidents every year. I've been part of it before. Mm. So we go look at Johnson's vision. It's not, it's not a minus minus. Okay. Right. Okay. So we're just saying based on what Greenstein said in the book. Okay. Yeah. It's probably a mixed vision. Pretty, really great vision on, on domestic mm -hmm. affairs and, and a minus on, on probably foreign affairs. Sounds so. So we're keeping it plus plus. No, we're keeping it plus plus. These ones? Yeah. Yeah. Emotional intelligence is plus plus. The best we've seen so far. Emotionally stable. Just the man we needed after Nixon. So that's really high. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's the same as Eisenhower. Yeah. So again, it's just it's just another way. It's just a way to kind of score them a little bit. It's not all the categories. It doesn't include the accomplishments and all that stuff. Ford is not considered a great president. Now, in some of the attributes we want for presidents. I think I think he displays that. Yeah. You know, we could we could use a lot more Jerry Fords, maybe a maybe a better public speaking Jerry Ford mm -hmm. in the office. That's the kind of folks we want. Do you think it's a good thing when kind of presidents um, kind of just get forgotten? Like, because it seems like Eisenhower is rated very high, but a lot of Americans really don't think of him as being like super like the best or most memorable. Ford very high, but like no one's like, oh yeah, like top ten presidents like Ford. Like, I don't know. Yeah, well, Ford's, yeah, Ford's just not a top 10 president, so that's his problem. But, I mean, he's being rated so high, but, like... Just in our, just in, not just in this. He's not rated high. You know, I just talked about the, I just talked about the political science uh, presidential scoring system that we use. He's not rated high. Yeah. So, but is it a good thing, I guess, that, like, he's kind of forgotten, but, like, is that what America... No, I think it's a bad thing that Jerry Ford's forgotten, because even though he doesn't have high, he's not, he's not one of the great presidents, I think some of his skills and abilities mm -hmm. and his common man approach to things is, is what we need in the... Okay. Did they name the truck after him? No. Ford. <laughs> I drive Fords. Fords came, Henry Ford. The, 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 it was named after Henry Ford's family, yes. That's right. Okay, really quick. He gets his own... He really likes Jerry Fords. He gets his own special lessons learned situation here he and the, there's four things he said that he had integrity you could trust Ford he was a man of his word a colleague in Congress stated in all my years I sat in the house I never knew him to make a dishonest statement nor a statement part true or part false um, and part false part true and part false so it's, it's all true or nothing he never attempted to shade a statement and I never heard him utter an unkind word so that's you know one of those things that if Someone says something about you, that's pretty good. Um, 
Self-control. He controlled a raging childhood temper to conquer his um, to conquer that. Um, his mother had him read this poem by Rudyard Kipling called If. Have you guys heard this poem before? Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna listen to it. And this is the this is the ten of stars here. Just two minutes. I can't cut this poem because I like it. Yeah. If by Rudyard Kipling. Oh come on. Young Roger Federer, younger, he's young still, but ish. If you can wait and not be tied by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet, don't look too good nor talk too wise. You can dream and not make dreams your master. If you can think and not make thoughts your aim. If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat these two imposters just the same. His English is a lot better now. It's come a long way. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much. If you can feel the unforgiving minion, with 60 seconds worth of distance run. Yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Okay, so his mom made him read that every night. So, great poem, great poem about emotional balance, right? So, okay, the other lessons are hard work. As an athlete, he was known for this. He carried this into politics, consistently outworking his opponents. And then his connection to the everyman, he was down to earth, unpretentious, approachable, humble, likable, ordinary guy. What you saw was what you got. He didn't have any media handlers. He was also sort of known for frugality, being a frugal person, which is a good thing, I guess. Um, okay, any final thoughts on Jerry Ford? I think he's kind of sad. But, no. Didn't continue being president. Yeah. That's um he Google that. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember the year he died now too. He's been gone for a bit. Yeah. Of just health old age. Cardiovascular disease. Yeah. Cerebrovascular. Oh, okay. And diffuse arteriosclerosis. That's the uh, that's the hardening of the arteries. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Let's do Carter. So Ford's a better president than Carter. So maybe we should have had a second term of Ford. I mean, again, he's not a, not a great president, but he's better than I think he's better than Carter. Carter might. My parents remember Carter as the worst president. <laughs> so how old are they? They're, I imagine they're your, your age. My, dad, my dad's 54, my mom's So they're a little older than me. I'm 50, yeah. <laughs> I can <laughs> kick and I can punch. Oh, that's an kick. Um, <laughs> there's a skit where the girl turns, she turns 50 and she, when she turns 50, she's like, I can kick and I can punch 
and I can still do things. Um, I'm 50. Um, uh, if they're my age, they must have been young. Then, then their first president would they would they were born uh, in the in the Johnson administration. Probably they were probably born in what 67. Yeah. Or yeah. he is the worst president in their lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. No question. It's not even close. So. Yeah. I, in, that being said, so I love Jimmy Carter. I really do. I think he's awesome. He's a nice personality. Yeah. He's just not a very good president. So, real quick, um, his background is very religious. His mother was a nurse. She joined the Peace Corps in her 60s. See, that's even better than punching and kicking in your 50s. Joining the Peace Corps in your 60s. She was a free spirit. His father was involved in the community, a farmer. His father whipped him six times, and he never forgot it. So, some of you, some of you just don't know. Some of you don't know what that corporal punishment is like. Yes, he's still he's in his mid nineties. Uh, they're still, yeah, they're teaching. He's teaching Sunday school. The last time I checked. He commented on Ukraine. Yeah. He sent out like a statement about it. So he served in the Naval Academy, and he had this commander Rickover, who was another kind of mentor, and asked him why he didn't always do his best, and kind of inspired him. And he took over the farm. They owned a peanut farm, and then he got into politics, state legislature twice, governor of Georgia, as gov- as governor. Um, um, he and, and and when he was in Congress, he made it a goal to read every single piece of legislature word for word, becoming an expert on many unimportant subjects, <laughs> but deeply informed about Georgia's government. So this now we're starting what I call the Carterisms. Carterisms are the weird things that Jimmy Carter does. And a lot of it is just going a little too far with things. So, I mean, it's admirable that you want to read. I mean, that would be great if we could read every piece of legislation, but it's just not realistic. Imagine these days. reading the uh, infrastructure bill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did he, so when he had his interview with Playboy, was that when he was president or when he was governor? That was when he was running for president. Yeah, we're go- I'm headed there. Um, he campaigned for governor and I'll never tell a lie. Um, and then he, and then he, um, he, he, he lost. He sunk into depression his first time he ran. And then he became reborn, using religion as his driving force. He prayed daily, went on evangelical mission and all that. And then in 1970, he wins the governorship. He addressed race in Georgia, garnered national attention. He put more African-Americans in the state government. He had a black trooper as his escort. He placed portraits of prominent blacks in the state house rotunda. Um, Then he decided to run for president, and he studies the Democratic Party rules this time. Decided to run all the primaries to get a wave of support. It's kind of funny. This is back in a time when you didn't have to run necessarily in all the primaries. And now you do, right? He ended up being forward by a slim margin, 57 electoral college votes. Okay, so he, he was kind of this populist president. He decided to walk the, the inaugural route as, as president, um, which is the last person to have done that was Thomas Jefferson, I think. Yeah, so it's kind of risky too, actually. He just walked, and, yeah, by, on foot. Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of down to earth. He sent his daughter to the African American school um, when when he was in the White House. I'm sure she didn't put up any kind of a fuss for having to go to a, a different school. As kids will, you know, they never complain about anything. <laughs> um, okay, in uh, so yeah, a couple. He gave a famous speech called the. Uh, the, the, the white sweater speech on energy, where he wore a, wore a white sweater and tried to like connect with the people. Um, there was a there was the I think the chapter talked about there was a famous event where he he went to a town and he was going to be speaking and he was staying the night and instead of staying in a hotel he want, he decided to stay with a family. In the, in the, he stayed in one of the kids' bedrooms. I mean that's weird, right? 
Yeah, that's Carterism. Now, wouldn't you contribute to, like, wasn't this, like, the time where the Americans, like, were losing faith in, like, Yeah. He was like trying to get to their level. Yeah, he's already that way anyways, but he's like, he is trying to take it. He is trying to connect and empathize even more. So he does this stuff. Um, you know, the most famous Carterism is the, is the scheduling of the tennis courts by, by the president personally himself. Because you don't have bigger things to do. Is that the craziest thing you've ever heard? Why, did why would you do? Why would you schedule the tennis courts? Why? Why did you do that? He he just want, he was a he was a micromanager. That's why he wanted to manage everything. He wanted his hands in everything, and so I'm going to schedule the tennis. If you want to get on the, the, you just call and it's like, oh, President Carter, yeah, I'd like a nine o'clock. Um, we're going to do some doubles on the tennis court. Could I get? Yeah, you're. I got. I'm going to pencil you in. That's silly. Yeah. So we don't want our presidents. So involved in every little detail. There's there's bigger things to to be concerned about. Um, he had the, also had that Playboy article when he was Playboy when he was. Article. Hey, Playboy has articles. Um, <laughs> apparently, they he said in his this article that he had committed adultery in his heart many times. So thank you for the honesty, Jimmy Carter. So. You know what Jesus said about committing adultery in your heart in the New Testament? He didn't say good things about it, Jimmy. He said, he said it was just as bad as actually doing it, is what he said. Yeah, that, I, that's not gonna, that didn't come off real well. He's just trying to, he's too honest, he's too... It's just too much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Oh, he, he uh, in, in domestic affairs, there was trouble with inflation that he didn't end up doing real well with. Um, they got a watered-down energy bill. He had trouble in negotiating with the speaker, who was in his party. Um, he demanded that one t- he got really upset one day and demanded the resignation of his entire cabinet, only to come back and change his mind. Um, he, he also gave a speech called the Public Malaise Speech, Google it after class. Go watch this thing. It's weird. Yeah, he's like talking down to everybody. It's just the worst. It's one of the worst speeches ever. Yeah. Yeah. And then in foreign affairs, you have the Panama Canal uh, situations approved. You have the Iranian hostage crisis. And he, he, he worked hard, really hard to try to get the hostages released. And to, to, really to spite Carter, they're released on the first day of Reagan's presidency so reagan gets credit and reagan didn't do anything it was all jimmy carter trying to get well, that was his fault honestly he shouldn't i know he was all about human rights but he shouldn't have offered the the shot yeah you know what i mean it's like offering adolf hitler cancer treatment in america yeah um his human rights statements on the ussr and china were not good um yeah, so do you guys understand kind of this concept of the Carterisms and the micromanaging? So he just does things that are like super unnecessary. Yeah, super unnecessary and a little weird, like that, that situation with the bedroom, staying in the kid's bedroom. Like, Johnny, we've got to kick you out of your bedroom. President wants to stay here tonight. That's strange. Man, that kid's going to remember I mean, I think it comes from a good place, kind of the populist, down-to-earth president, but it's just a little over the top. Was it Johnson that had the naked? Yes. The naked meeting in the White House pool? Yes. Yeah. So the other thing that um, Carter did was he spoke really slowly and with, he didn't move his lips in monotone voice like this. Yeah. Not good. What about Argentina? I, I didn't see anything about They didn't talk about it. Yeah. But I, I was about to say, is, that is a big deal, though, right? That yeah. Because we say that he's not mean, but he was, I was talking about this with but he, he he was though he was willing to put his foot down because he no yeah everything no I don't think he, I don't I don't see him as like I think some I think some people think it was like the soft I don't necessarily think that's it okay yeah um he worried too much about the minutia of government and didn't focus on the big picture so we don't it's interesting because we have the minutia president and we're going to the macro who's only worried about the stuff at the very top. And in fact, he may not know some things that are going on that he should know about. 
So we've got this dichotomy between these two different presidents. Carter and Reagan. Okay, let's read in real quick. We also have Camp David. Camp David Accords. Oh, how did I forget the Camp David Accords? That's, that's his, the Camp David Accords. Um, he, he negotiated this peace agreement um, between Israel and Egypt. And, and uh, famously at Camp David, uh, the, the presidential retreat, and there was this moment um, where it was all going to break up and they were, they were going to leave, and he, he basically... He didn't restrain them, but he got up and said, look, you're not leaving until we get a deal. And they were able to make a deal. So it's a, kind of a signature signature moment for that. Oh, it is on my list. I just skipped over it. Yeah. That's, that's probably the number one accomplishment for foreign affairs. Um, there's also, the, we talked about in our terrorism, terrorism class, the failed, there was a failed attempt to rescue the hostages. Um, Operation Eagle Claw. <laughs> right, that didn't crash. They they decided to land in the desert and then take vehicles in, and the helicopters. It, there was a storm and the helicopters crashed. Yeah, so okay. Drop the what? Like environmental water projects. I'm not sure why he dropped those in, in particular. Because um, it made the, it, the book talk about how it made the Congress upset. Yeah, because it was like his main supporters, like he dropped the water projects in their areas and they were supporting. Oh, in their areas. Yeah, like, like Democrat congressmen. Is that, what, is that what it says? This is one of those things I'm not remembering, see? Yeah, I didn't even remember it talked about that in here. These were these were government sponsored water projects. You guys remember this at all reading this? I'll have to get back to you on that maybe. Um, the let's rate him. So public communication, I have plus minus. Showed some good moments. Greenstein liked liked the walking down Pennsylvania Avenue, liked his campaign. So we didn't really talk about the campaign, but if you've seen, go go look at some of the some of the. Ads, it's kind of hokey and strange. Down to earth, weird music, all that stuff. So he, uh, this, the speaking was not great with the monotone. His speechwriter called him passionless. He actually liked the white cardigan speech. So, okay, organization capacities a minus minus. Don't schedule the tennis courts. His solitary working habits. His secret panels. Um, <laughs> silly, he worried about silly details, all that. His political skills, a plus minus, plus for the Camp David Accords. His campaign is a common man. The negatives for unrealistic, being unrealistic. He couldn't build bridges. He overloaded the national agenda. His minus minus said he didn't really have a domestic vision. He said uh, minus minus for vision. Minus minus for vision. His foreign policy, the human rights debacle with... Um, the, the, the book talked about how, you know, fine if you feel that way, but you can't necessarily call those countries out in public. Work on that stuff kind of behind the scenes. How did you get minus minus provision when you think about Panama I think maybe, again, Greenstein's not, we're doing it, but um, he's just maybe not thinking it's significant enough. I was, yeah, I was going to push back on revision minus minus two. Just, I mean, a lot of the things I think of Carter for have to do with energy and the future of energy. Yeah. Because one of the things he did is kind of small, but he put solar panels on West Main. Yeah, there's a ton of energy things that we didn't that he didn't even get into in, in the book. There's a bunch. Yeah. So if you're saying there's some energy things that he's doing, he's definitely ahead of his time on energy policy. So, so why why does everyone consider him the worst president? What, what would you say? What is it that it's the worst. It's the you know he doesn't have any signature accomplishments. He the micromanagement, the the style that didn't come across well. The public speaking is not great, and uh, you know that's probably why. So he was a good decent. A good guy, but not a great president. Yeah. You know, like part of it is also due to an unfulfilled promise because he had this massive energy bill idea that was yes. He was going to revolutionize the energy sector, but then eventually, because of pushback from Congress, it came out super watered down. Mm -hmm. Not really a 
Yeah, and I was just I was actually just going through some stuff on that for this project I'm working on. The stuff in the the textbook we just got running uh, done reading about um, the chapter about like uh, elections and approval ratings and all that stuff. And in our chapter, it talks about that how we will hold you accountable if you don't live up to your promises. Yeah, right. That's one of the number one things that we want is if you say you're going to do it, you yeah. should you should do it. Right. Set a low bar. Cognitive styles of plus minus. Said he could master complex policies. He knew better than his aides at times, but his minuses for not getting to the heart of the of the matter, the micromanagement stuff. And this is so the emotional intelligence is really interesting. This is not this is kind of a weird pride thing. It's a minus minus, not for temper, but for being so fixed on his ideas, being unbendable. And his iron-willed resolve made him make bad decisions. He thought he knew better all the time. And so he would, he would just do it. And he wasn't able to kind of work through, work through things. It, it, have you guys ever known anybody that was always right? Yeah. And, and to, their de to their detriment sometimes? Yes. They know better. They're going to do it their way. And then half the time they mess up, right? They don't listen to anybody. Right? What we want is a president... That, that's why you have aides. That's why you have a cabinet. Fill it with people that are smarter than you and listen to them. <laughs> that's what we want. Not you know better than, than everybody. Okay? And we don't, and I don't think we want to, we don't want a king anyway. So we don't want one person. You know, the king, the, the history of the, the, the kings of, of Europe is, or the queens, right, is always. You know, sometimes they would listen to their advisors, but most of the time it's just, I think this is a great idea, let's just do it, right? No, we want the people involved, and, and that's part of that's the, the cabinet and the staff. I think we want, I, I think we want that, so. Do you think Trump will get a higher score than him? Because he's the worst now. So he got a, is Trump going to, yeah, I don't know, now you're making me think about scoring Trump. So, Trump's not going to get a, he's not getting a plus for me in emotional intelligence. So that's a minus. <laughs> Political skill, I'm probably giving him a plus minus. Yeah. Um, for Carter, yeah. Yes. Okay, so did you guys hear that? That's a good question. His, his empathy for minorities, how does that, why does that not play into emotional intelligence? I think it does. Like if we're thinking of a broad view of kind of what makes someone emotionally intelligent when we're studying the term. But um, I think he's more focused on kind of the, the other decisions um, that he made as president. So yeah, that's a good point though. I think that's one area where that does show a little bit of emotional intelligence. I think that's right. Um, I don't know. Trump? Who else, where else are you going to give Trump a positive? So we're going to do him later, but public communication, I'm probably giving him at least, plus a, at least yeah. a plus minus, if not. Because the, would you, would you give, I would give Trump a plus in vision, to be honest. I'd say a plus, plus minus. I would say, I would say a plus minus. I would say a plus plus, but I think you'd get a plus. Oh, we're not going to do it because this Trump's an online day. Maybe I should make you guys, maybe we should do a post and try to rate. Trump. I don't know. I think he might get to four. Okay. He might limp to four. Uh, for Trump? No. No, I. He might. I think he's a plus minus maybe in political skill. Trump? Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm gonna have to think about it, but hey, I'm gonna get him to a plus <laughs> somehow. Okay. Well, we did it. We got through two presidents. On Friday, thanks for all your comments and your interest. It's never boring talking about presidents. On Friday, again, I'm going to have you choose one of the podcasts, either either Reagan or Bush one. If you're if you really want to be ambitious, listen to both of them and then do one of them as extra credit. Okay. And then I'll probably have you do a post on something um, on one or two of the presidents, maybe on one particular thing. And then Monday we'll be back live. Absolutely. So this is. See, if we had university going, you could just go on there. And do it.
fascinating, Dr. Rose. I want your book. I want yours, because I think Greenstein's fickle. I think he kind of like cherry picks what he wants to read. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not even remembering that at all. Yeah. There's there's Ford, if you want Fords. One, two, three. Exactly. Yeah, that's Ford. Yeah, Truman got destroyed for no reason. Yeah. I think everyone really loves Truman. Yeah. But I want your ratings because I feel like we were just talking about this. I think Greenstein's fickle. I think he's a cherry picker. And I think that, you know, he... He is. He cherry-picked cherry on Ford a little. Yeah. Ford. Ford. Yeah. yeah. He loves Ford. He exactly. loves Ford. Ford's economic. Like Ford got the same score. He didn't do well in economics. I don't care if you. I don't care if you. You agree with his economic yeah. style. That's not a reason to. I mean, you gotta look at. You gotta evaluate the performance. He got the same score as Eisenhower, who's the go. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so it, it's maybe a bad system. I mean, we set up the system. Yeah. So. It's. I want yours though. I think that'd be cool. Cool. And I think I think there could be better categories too. I think these categories are good, but I think well, I think the bit, the glaring thing that's missing is is the accomplishments. Yeah, that's got to be a category. Yeah, I right. agree. I think the, the grade might be better. I think you're right. Like accomplishments mixed with crisis management. Crisis management's got to be in there. Yeah, yeah what, those two things are super important. Yeah. Anyway, thanks. all right. See you guys later. One. Yeah. yeah. Um, Oh, just to see it. There's two. There's the there's the white carbon speech, and then there's the public malaise speech. That's the the public malaise speech is just this horrible speech that he gave about. He he lectured the American public and it didn't come off well. Yeah, just watch a little bit. Okay, and then the second statement is apologies for being gone. It might happen again in the future because it. Conditions. Oh, okay. Um, I'll let you know. I think I'm cheating. I'm sorry to hear that. I hope you do. Okay. I hope the same. <laughs> we'll find out. Okay. It should be. Well, let me know how I can help. Yeah. If I need to extend anything or do anything like that, let me know. Thank you. I appreciate okay. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. I gotta get out of this. Do you like doing two presses in one day, or does that seem rushed? I like it. It works with those two presidents because. They both are, they both want her brothers, but when you get like a, you wouldn't want to do, you wouldn't want to do FDR today. Or sorry, in, in with FDR with somebody else. Yeah.